Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Maynard. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. So this was one of the matchups where we get to the headline of the NFL draft, NFL trade deadline. And that was Minnesota Vikings taking on Atlanta Falcons. The Vikings make a move. They bring in Josh Dobbs. We don't necessarily expect him to play this week unless Jaron Hall is absolutely terrible in practice. And then maybe Kevin O'Connell won't care. I don't know. Uh, but we do expect Jaron Hall for this week. Atlanta, because of that and it being in Atlanta, are favored at minus four and a half. They made their own quarterback change. Taylor Heineke. We're going to get into all of this in a second. Uh, 37 and a half on the over under. Both these teams, like many, love hitting unders. I'm going to hit the under in this one. Two different quarterback changes. Atlanta, even with Taylor Heineke, still is not interested in scoring points. It's still Arthur Smith at the helm here. Let's not, let's not get it twisted. <laughs> uh, and Jaron Hall being back there, you know, we don't really know what to expect. Maybe he will left us all. I don't know. I'm not really counting on it, though, for that to happen. Uh, <laughs> so I wasn't counting on what Levis either, but here we are. All right, so let's see who's up here. Let's go to Chase first. Chase, Josh Dobbs trade. What was your thoughts about the fantasy impact for the rest of the Minnesota Vikings with the Josh Dobbs trade? No, I like it. I, I like it. I think I think it it helps them maintain value. I don't think it, I mean, it doesn't boost it. And their value across the board is not what it is with, with Kirk Cousins. But I called, I, you know, I was talking with a friend of mine who who is a big uh, Josh Dobbs is Jacoby Brissett light at this point. Jacoby Brissett is just a, a professional quarterback. He comes in and does the job that's asked of him, whether that's to be the backup, whether that's to be the starter, whether that's to be the filling starter, that's what he's done. Josh Dobbs has, in the last two years at least, has started to make a name for himself doing that exact same thing. And he actually performed himself very well down in Arizona. They had no reason to get rid of him other than the fact that they've got Kyler Murray coming back. Um, and I, I think that he can come in and be at least a stabilizing force and not allow, and allow that team to continue to compete for, you know, that last playoff spot, which is what they're at right now. So, I mean, I like them bringing him in. I think he'll just, he'll just be a calming, steady presence. If Jaron Hall balls his ass out this week, well, great. Good for good for them. And then they've got a solid backup option, either direction they want to go. But, um, I really did like them bringing in Josh Dobbs uh, as, as somebody who they 
could get to fill that role and then not have to give up anything for it. They did not have to mortgage the future in any way, shape, or form to get him in there. Uh, they won't have to be paying him a ton of damn money. I mean, it's, it, it was almost the perfect move, in my opinion, that they could have made with such little time to prepare for it. So I loved yeah, it. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're TJ Hawkinson or Jordan Edison owner, th- yeah. this is what you were thinking as soon as as soon as, as soon as they made the trade. And Jefferson. And, and and Jefferson, if he in fact comes back, if they're able to to hold on to where they're it's at right now, Jefferson we- might come back. Dan. Yeah, yeah. If, if they're still in, if they're still in that seventh playoff spot, yeah, then I think it, it behooves exactly. them to bring him back. One because it's a wide open it's a wide open conference. It's not the AFC. Right, a, yeah. when 100%. 27% target share to Marquise Brown, 31% target share to the tight ends. So TJ Hawkinson and whoever the number one receiver is, whether it's going to be Jordan Addison for now, Justin Jefferson later, whatever the case may be, Josh Abbs coming in there. No, it's not Kirk Cousins, but it's probably the next best thing you could have possibly hoped for. And Jonathan Gannon, you know, I have this drop here just for him because he's just his own special hey, kind of dummy. What's up, Who goes in there and says, like, oh, after Good. I watch the tape, uh, Josh Dobbs is not going to be the, the 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 quarterback here. Even if he knew they were about to trade him, like, did that not sound like a sabotage? Like, you were so bad, even though you were a starter all year. We're either going Clayton Toon or if Kyler Murray's actually ready to go. Like, what do you, like? That's a dick like, move on the way out the you door. have yeah. a filter in your brain. That's all I want to ask Josh Gannon. Do you have a filter in your brain? By the way, has done a much better job coaching than I expected him to do so. I do have to give him credit for that. But still, when he talks, I just, I leave myself scratching my head most to of the time. To be fair, Dobbs had really looked very poor the last oh, couple Oh, sure. Games. Absolutely. So it's more of a filter issue than a him being wrong. He's also been missing James Conner for the last several games, too. I mean, listen, I think it's a spinning thing. I mean, I, I agree with Dan. Like, it was stupid to say, but I think the idea the idea behind it is you're trying to show your team that you're making the guy's personnel move. You want to have confidence in the guy coming in behind them. And you're trying to sell that idea that you're not giving up or you're not trying to just get a bunch of guys. You're putting performance out there in a sense. I don't buy it, but I think it's what he was trying. Yeah, you say the guys are impressive in practice. And yeah, yeah, like, no, it was just, yeah, idiotic. Yeah. Anyway. I just want to yeah, yeah, uh, take a look at him before Kyler comes back, and, and you're not going anywhere anyway. I mean, he's not – he doesn't have to sell anything. He anymore. says the locker room, though, Chase. That's, that's, that's the difference. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason – the reason Dan he's a good coach right now because that team's trying. No, the team's trying. Right, exactly. They no are, they've been competitive <laughs> almost right. every week. That goes from competitive almost we're trying to we're getting thrashed by 40 real quick. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, Taylor Heineke's new starting quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Josh Dobbs and Tyler Heineke were excited. This is 2023, guys. This is your content. Oh, man. Chris, I was thinking to you when uh, they were pointing out the fact that we might have a third of the quarterbacks in the NFL or backups or backups to the backups. backups played last week. I, 13 I, week nine. I was looking. I'm trying to like rank my quarterbacks. You know, I rank every position every week, and I'm looking at my quarterback rankings. I got to eight, and I was like, "Holy what the hell, do I do? Crap. I don't like take a wet paper towel, throw it against the wall, and see what sticks after that point." Because I don't even think it matters. It's it's Real it's quick, bad. Dana, I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole, but somebody gives Carlos Wentz a job after all the stuff the trade deadline. Talking about quarterbacks no. and what do we never seen this past Right? How can it's Tim ridiculous. Tebow still be sitting out there on the it's damn ridiculous. street? I'm sorry. I don't care what the guy did. It's ridiculous that he's not playing. When you talk about Dan's top 10 quarterbacks, like, yeah, you get 12, you're like, holy hell, these guys are playing quarterback this week? Why? 
Bryce Young is a top 15 quarterback this week. What the hell? The ECR only. We'll we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but that's but, what I mean. That's but yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like everybody's like, well, shit. I guess we got to do this. Yeah. No. And Chris, to your point, I totally agree with you. It doesn't make any sense to me. Carson Wentz was never this bad that he couldn't play over. Uh, probably you know two thirds of these guys now at this point, especially this week. But the league's spoken. Nobody wants them. And that, so it's, it's to me, it's done and over with at this point uh, when it comes to any time of Carson Wentz getting back into the NFL, whether it's a him thing, a team thing, whatever the case may be. Uh, but let's talk about you Taylor Heineke. Danny DeVito, guys. Watch Danny DeVito. Remember with Terry McLaurin. <laughs> we had to put up with that in New York. I think I'm either, I think I'm going to delay. We hear you, you guys fine. got me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I think it's breaking up on my end. Um, like I was gonna say, Taylor Heineke, he made Taylor McLaurin relevant, right? What, week seven through sixteen in twenty twenty two, when Taylor Heineke took back over for said Carson Wentz, wide receiver eleven, when he was the starter pretty much the entire year twenty twenty one, wide receiver twenty five. He's going to get the alpha guy the ball. Now, of course, you know, Drake London's dealing with a groin issue, so he may not benefit from it right away. We're going to have to see. He did not practice today. I will talk to Brian Scott about that tomorrow to see what he thinks as far as what a timeline might look like for Drake London in this particular type of groin issue that he's dealing with. But I will say then if Drake London's out of the way, I love Kyle Pitts. Whoever's the alpha receiver, they're getting the ball with Taylor Heineke, and they might get the ball down the field. Will this stretch out the field for guys like Bijan Robinson to have room to operate the run? I think that's the other question here. You know, Drake London aside, because the injury, we can't really dive too much into him for this week. I obviously would like it better for the rest of the season. Taylor Heineke stays the starting quarterback, but I'm still way lower on Bijan Robinson than ECR. I still got him at RB 13. ECR's got him at five. It's very similar to what we talked about with Moster. He hasn't finished as an RB1 since week, since week four. He's been a low-end RB2 for the most part here. Uh, the only silver lining I can offer you right now is that his he had his largest gap of the season as far as snap count is concerned with Tyler Algier, 73 to 23%. So, like, does this help Bijan, Adam? I think it helps everyone. Like, Desmond Ritter in this last game where they both played, so it's the most fair comparison I could possibly give you, and I'll give that Heineke like wasn't someone they prepared for. But for example, the yards per attempt in the passing game went up by two per attempt. The intended <laughs> air yards per attempt went up by two. They threw it past the line of scrimmage. Right, like the Forward offense pass. actually seemed like something from like I'm not going to get ahead of myself and give Arthur Smith like a modern offense, but it looks like something that could have existed in like oh nine. Like this <laughs> is like at least the Mike McCarthy offense. Backfield shift. All four guys just hop. Yeah, in. we we we've made it through the eighties and we're now all the way up until like the mid two thousands, and that's. That's a big difference for the big fantasy product. production. Right. For like, that's like two and a half decades right there. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's not bad. Uh, I will say this. I do think ultimately <laughs> Bijan Robinson is a buy. Remember, they have their bye week coming up, so people who are fighting for playoff spots might want to trade him off for that reason. Trade him off for the reason he has been as much as you would want him to be. And what I will say is that he's got a very good playoff schedule. you got Carolina, the Colts, the Bears. However... And here's, here's my one caveat. It depends on your record. If you're three and five, you're four and four. I don't know if this is a guy that you can go ahead and buy because it is rough getting there after their bye week in week 11. The Saints, the Jets, the Bucks to get you to the playoffs. So I do think this is a buy low candidate for a team 
that is sitting pretty at five and three, six and two, seven and one, whatever the case may be. Chris, what do you want to say? I think he's a buy candidate regardless. To Adam's point, this offense is going to get first downs. They've been in the red zone pretty consistently. Um, and the big thing for Bijan in particular is now you're in the red zone, you get opportunities for touchdowns. He catches the ball. Tom Henneke checks the ball down. You know, Desmond Ritter had to be kind of trained to do that in a sense and was told to do it. And it seemed painful at times where he's like throwing like 95 mile hour fastballs, like two yards next to him. But Haneke can actually check the ball down, will throw the option routes. We know who JD McKissick is fantasy wise because of Tyler Haneke, basically. Um, so I think you look at this guy as a guy who's gosh, we go boom, and you talk about the pass catchers, but Drake London banged up right now. I don't know if it's Janu Smith, I don't know if it's Kyle Pitts. But I know Bijan's usually one of those targeted guys pretty often. And as I think as the season progresses, you're getting first downs. Now you get to see Bijan be more involved as like an Alvin Kamara, like Rashid White is, or Rashad White is right out in Tampa Bay, where he maybe against his New Orleans, those jet schemes, you're not running the ball, you're catching the ball out of the backfield because it's where you can you know, attack those teams. I mean, he was getting plenty of targets with Desmond Ritter. Now, to your point, wasn't getting him in a position where he could actually run after catch as much because of the accuracy issues. So that part I do agree with you on completely, and we'll have to see. Uh, you are starting him, obviously. Alexander Madison got this 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 whole rotation thing they got going on with this backfield makes absolutely no sense to me. Cam Akers looks far and away the better back, but Alexander Madison keeps claiming back his usage every single week, every time we think Cam Akers is actually going to eat into it and take over. However, this week in particular with Jaron Hall, I'm banking on the idea that they're probably going to be a little more run heavy than what they've been with Kirk Cousins. I think that's safe to say. As a result, I do have Madison inside my top 24-22. I do have Akers as a potential hope he falls in the end zone flex option because it's that bad. Yes, it's that bad at the running back position. Uh, Jordan Addison, I still have him as a flex play this week. Drake London, if he plays as a flex play, but we still got to wait and see on that. KJ Osborne sitting outside my stacks. TJ Hawkinson still fire him up. Kyle Pitts, I'm actually mostly I'm pretty aggressive with Kyle Pitts this week. I got him a tight end six this week, somewhat in anticipation of London not playing. Do you guys have any other notes you want to get into in this game before we move on? I will for the Pitts thing. I'm I'm conf- I'm a little nervous of Pitts. Um, just because I do think Heineke targets the tight ends. We saw him do that a lot in Washington as well. But we also saw Janu Smith continue to be one of the leading target catchers last week, even when Heineke came into the game. So Pitts, that ceiling still waiting to be remained to see. Sorry. Yeah, and, the one thing that does, I mean, you talked about those, does the Heineke addition like lengthen the field for these guys, stretch things out finally for them. And the biggest problem with that is the only way that the field is compressed is the fact that no matter where you are in the field, you're still within 52 and a half yards, 53 yards of the sideline where Smith is standing still and coaching this team. And until that, until major happens with how he runs things, I'm still, I still don't have a ton of confidence in, in this past game to actually do the right thing, but I do like pits over, uh, over Smith. But if London doesn't play, they may both have a lot of, uh, usage. No, Smith will move. Up. I have my yeah. 17 right now. He will likely move up in my rankings if, if London's going to be out. Chris, you want to field this question from Josh? Uh, can you see Chiefs defense or Browns defense rest of the season? Who would have thought we'd be talking about that right now? Um, I still think I'm going to stick with the Browns defense. They've kind of shown you that they had the most talent. The only concern I have from them, they don't like a lot of turnovers. Um, and they, you know, they don't have a huge sack, t- no turn, um, sack total outside of Miles Garrett. But they do keep score low. They have a good run de- run offense. And the Chiefs, I think that defense without Bolton right now can get exposed a little bit with the running attack, have a tough um, you know, schedule coming up as well. So I, I will go with Cleveland. They also have a bye coming up, which the Browns do not. So that's part of it too. Good point. Good point. Uh, 
Josh, also, do you think Everett will play this week? I will be talking to Brian Scott at 930 right here on this YouTube channel from the Injured List podcast. Brian Scott will come on. We'll break down all the injuries tomorrow. I am going to talk about that a little bit later in today's show, too, what I would do if Gerald Everett is out. So let's go ahead to our next match.